prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is the Legend of Retro. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Legend of Retro podcast. I am the Web Slinger Chops, and with me is the uh, the Doc to my Ock, uh, Craig WK. Great to be here with you, Chops. I always saw myself as more of a Green Goblin, but uh, I'm flattered that you would think I'm sane enough to be Doc Ock. Well, I think, well, I don't think of Doc Ock as very sane. Compared to Green Goblin? <laughs> Well, okay, I guess comparatively, yes. All right. But uh, today, we also have two other members of the Sinister Six with us. We have um, Hobgoblin Joe. Hey, hey, guys. Love it. Love it. Hobgoblin Joe. Uh, I was going to say Hobcraft Joe, but then I was like, that's not that's not good. All right, and then... We also have the oldest member of the Sinister Six, the Vulture, LBJ. Hey, jerks, before we go any farther, can you guys help me with something? Can you, What's that? Can you help me um, save this city? Save it from the hands of the destruction! Coming in, coming in hot right off the top. Jeez. That's how I do it. Oof. Well, all right. Oof. Well, now, now that LBJ is here obviously uh this week we're talking about the amazing spider-man versus the kingpin for the sega cd yeah it was uh developed by monkey business for the sega cd and released on november 3rd 1993 this enhanced version of a previously released genesis game is a platformer starring the marvel superhero spider-man who must clear his name and stop the dreaded crime boss called the kingpin from setting off a nuclear bomb in New York City. Now, Craig, how familiar are you with Spider-Man, the, the IP, the comics and everything? I actually am fairly uh, familiar with Spider-Man. Uh, he was my favorite superhero growing up. I really loved the cartoon. I uh, had a bunch of the comics. I collected the Spider, uh, the Amazing Spider-Man uh, trading cards. Mm -hmm. uh, so I have, like, a ton of Spider-Man stuff. Uh, I'm kind of out of the loop in more recent years. Uh, I've only... Uh, the most recent, like, comic run that I'm kind of familiar with is, like, Thor from, like, ten years ago. So, like, I'm not really very caught up on anything. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, I'd say I'm a pretty big fan of Spider-Man. Uh, and I feel like... And maybe this is a shot in the dark. But I feel like LPJ and Hovercraft Joe are considering their special guests for this episode. <laughs> Very much so. You have no idea. Like we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll say that like the reason why I like Spider-Man is because of these two. It was either going to be that they were big Spider-Man fans or just enthusiasts of the Sega CD. And that wasn't very likely. <laughs> or both. I, I was going to say, I, I think it might be a little bit of both. Being as LBJ, I think, is one of, like, five people in the world ever to own a Sega CD, so. Yeah, did you know anybody else uh, uh, there, Hovercraft, that, that had a Sega CD? No. <laughs> no. And it's Who's funny, that? listeners, if, if you want to know why, just look at what it takes to set up a Sega CD and you'll understand why nobody owned one. And we it had an like, easier one to set up. That was the funniest part. Right. Um, 
but yeah, no, um, just, I mean, you're, 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 you're right about, uh, being a lifelong Spider-Man fan. I've been con pretty consistently reading Spider-Man comics since I was about nine or 10 years old with only a few breaks and I'm 40 now. So that'll tell you, <laughs> um, <laughs> How long? Uh, and I, you know, basically consume them in any form of, of media I can get, you know, movies, watched all the cartoons. Um, and, and this game in particular is one um, that I that I do remember because of LPJ's Sega CD. And I remember playing a lot. And I just like, like, he already sang part of that song. But I would say that, like, at least every couple months, one of us sends each other, like, a text that is just, like, a link to that song. Because <laughs> it's, like, such a such an amazing song. Like, that's the one thing I feel like I remember about Sega CD is that all the games have these amazing, like, theme songs. And you're like, whoa! I don't really remember much about the game, but I remember that song. I feel like, in hindsight, Sega CD probably would have survived if it just reported all the original Sega games, redone <laughs> these, and rock music. I think they would have done way better. It's yeah. interesting. Uh, I was just going to say, it's interesting that, like, you know, when you look at the Sega CD, it had, like, FMVs and stuff. But really, you know, like, if you look at The Amazing Spider-Man vs. The Kingpin... The gameplay itself does not look any different than the Genesis version, really. It just has the cartoons and then a CD-quality audio. Well, you're mostly right. The difference, Actually, this is one of the games where you can tell there's a gigantic difference when you actually play it. They were able to, because the Sega CD had uh, more onboard RAM, they actually were able to ramp up the speed of the game and smooth out the controls. So it's actually easier to play the Sega CD version than it is the Genesis version. And on top of that, they were able to give it better textures for the graphics so that all of the graphics and all the colors itself look better. This is one of the few games that did that. Most of the other games, you couldn't really tell that much of a difference gameplay-wise. Mm -hmm. It was just FMV and better audio. But this game, for whatever reason, they were able to ramp up everything on it. But they didn't change his walking speed to be faster than his crawling on all four speed, which is stupid. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so. Well, don't get me wrong. This game is not going to win, you know, design. This is not like playing Halo or uh, right. or like a precision platformer. This game it's is not groundbreaking. Yes. Right. But well, it's better than the Genesis version. So, obviously, my first time playing this game is because of LPJ. So, LPJ and Joe, I'd like you guys to go first on kind of explaining how you were introduced to this game. And I'm assuming it was also introduced via the original port of this game. But go ahead and, uh, and tell us how this came to be. Do you want me well, to start? Do you want to start? I, I think you can take it because, I mean, I think our, our story is going to be pretty similar or the sure. same. So, go ahead. All right. Well, I had heard the Sega. So... First, first and foremost, I got a Sega CD because I went to the video store and I saw that they had a Sega CD there and I wanted to rent it, but it was like a hundred dollar deposit. And there's no way I was going to pay a hundred bucks to rent it because I didn't have a hundred bucks. So, um, so a couple years later, they released the second version of the Sega CD, the side loader. And uh, I saved which, up my which money. basically for the audience is it had like a plate that the Sega Genesis sat on. <laughs> and it had like it had like the equivalent of like a sidecar for a motorcycle where you have to the Sega C D next to it. And uh, just... it took the same amount of diesel to power it as a motorcycle would. <laughs> I well, just yeah, for, they had I, their I, own they, 
They each had their own power supply. <laughs> yes, they did. I, I just remember uh, LBJ's Genesis looking like a monster because it plugged into the Sega CD, and then he had like the 32X, which like plugged into the top of the Genesis. So it was this like crazy looking thing with all the. I'm like, what is going on with your and, Genesis? And because I had the original Genesis, I was able to output the audio to a stereo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to have the st- the audio from the Genesis pump through big stereo speakers, so we could listen to it in like massive surround sound if we wanted to. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, on our giant TV, we had a giant TV in the basement too. Giant tube television. Yeah, so it was, it's still it was there. Hot. It's still there. We, <laughs> it's still heavy. I'm not moving it. We're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to uh, just just demolish the house around it. Yeah, don't bury, love to bury uh, it in the basement. I'm not carrying it out. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so by the time I got the Sega CD, it had started to die. And um, so all the games were super cheap. So I was able to just pick up games kind of, you know, regularly. And I think I got this one. I, I want to say I got this one from a video store that was going out of business or something. Um, but I was able to buy it and you know, plugged it in and played it. I never realized it was a port from the original Spider-Man game from Genesis for, from a couple years earlier. Yeah, uh, me either. That was news to me too. Like I, I <laughs> you know, since, I mean, before we were recording this, I, I've learned about back then when we were playing it originally, I had no idea. Cause I remember always wanting the Genesis game. I remember I can picture the, the box for that Genesis game, like burned into my brain and like the ads for it in comic books, but I never got it. So it was news to me that it was a port, uh, you know, had no idea back when we were playing it then. Yeah. And, it, and one of the things that struck me was this game seemed so much more advanced than the others because you could kind of go wherever you wanted and go to whatever level you wanted. There was no kind of, you more know, open world. It was much more open world and it had little Easter eggs. You could pick up, you could pick up icons that were pictures of the covers of classic Spider-Man comic books it's uh uh interesting you bring that up because uh uh they had a contest in the instruction manual uh if you uh if you sent in a picture of having all what 21 of the comic covers and you did it on nightmare mode uh you could win uh a bunch of different prizes uh but are you guys familiar with what the grand prize it uh, was I, don't, I read it, but I don't remember what it is now. I don't know. It was a uh, Marvel Masterwork hardcover library and a Sega oh. Game Gear. Yeah. <laughs> and the Marvel wow. Masterworks were crazy. Like, they were, especially the hardcover editions, they were uh, they were thick. You know, oh, yeah, they were pretty. Uh, yeah. by, by the way, uh, second prize was a guitar signed by uh, uh, Mr. Big, uh, the, oh, the wow. band. <laughs> wow. I would have wanted, wanted the guitar signed by Mr. Big. I, I got to be honest, I thought you were going to say it was a guitar signed by Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been way better. Um, well, and, and you know Because, like, I, I, I watched because it's been, you know, years since I played this, and I watched, you know, a, a playthrough of this, I had forgotten that it was, you know, I mean, rudimentary, but it is an open world, as in it has that map of New York that you can scroll around and pick the level you want to go to, and I kind of completely forgot that. A lot of my memories of this game are the, the main theme song, that pinball level, 
Yep. And like, it's also really tactile. I remember the book. I remember looking at the instruction book a lot because it had like a four page Spider-Man comic in it. And I just remember like, I, for some reason, I can remember the box and the manual for this game more than playing the game. And I don't know why, but I just remember constantly flipping through it being like, oh, there's a comic in here. It's pretty cool. Chops, you have it at your house right now, right? Uh, it's in storage right now, but yeah, I, I do have it. I'm trying to make sure um, you still had it and lose it. I didn't lose any of the Sega CD games, just the right, 32X. Uh, a while back, LPJ, uh, I distinctly remember uh, Chop showing me off all the Sega CD games he had. And he was like, hey, look at this one. And it was Amazing Spider-Man vs. Kingpin. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sure is a Spider-Man game. I bet it's a video game. <laughs> I, it, it was a punishment. Like most, most games, I feel like, that I remember playing as a Sega CD game, I don't remember fondly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I remember playing them in the basement when like my brother was out doing something, or I woke up late at night and I just went downstairs. I'd be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play Spider Man. I'm gonna beat it, and I'd get to like the first boss, and I'd be like, No, <laughs> stupid. This game's hard. This game it is was not difficult. easy to play. And it's what? and I was and then I would just mostly listen to the soundtrack, try to find the covers, not really progressing the plot. I don't think I've ever made it to Kingpin. Um, and it, it and that's how it forever sits in my head as this stupid game that I love that I hate at the same time. Well, and that that's what's kind of wild to me because I, I, I when thinking back on it, I'm like, man, I'm like, we never like progressed anywhere in this game. Like I remember we played it a lot, but never beat it. But watching the playthrough, I'm like, man, we were just bad because like every time they fight a boss, they're like punch, turn the other way it's like i'm like this game looks really easy watching somebody else play it like why do we have so much trouble when we yeah. were trying to beat it ourselves i don't know what it was but you're right this game was i just remember this game being very difficult and and hating the sewer levels because you had to crawl around in the sewers and you would always get lost and you had to fight those rats and for some reason the rats were stronger than the guys shooting at you mm-hmm. and i couldn't figure <laughs> that part out but also why are there rats in the sewer i don't know I don't know. <laughs> well, so, so the, the plot of this game, now that we've kind of demolished it already, is that um, the Kingpin, um, in his great graciousness as a uh, citizen of New York City, has forced the news station, which is weird, to put him on the air and for him to claim that Spider-Man has stolen a nuclear bomb <laughs> and has placed it in the city. And when you have 24 hours before he detonates the bomb to kill everybody. <laughs> Which, which, by by the way, bold plan. Bold plan. Not not only that, like, he said it about a superhero in the city, but that, like, they're all like, he's like, but but bring all the information to me. I'll I'll find them. Like, no, man, I don't don't trust you. That seems shady. And you're wearing an ascot. And I don't trust people with ascots. I I appreciate the fact that uh, uh, through the, like, cartoon cutscenes, you know, you have Peter Parker and Mary Jane, like, watching this uh, news story, and Mary Jane's like, oh, but the police will trust you, right? And it cuts to a meeting with the police station, and they're like, find me, Spider-Man, dead or alive! And it's like, they immediately turn on him because of this, like, crappy news report from an unregistered journalist. The Kingpin isn't registered to be a journalist. (laughs) Yeah, it's rough. Like... 
Was, so was, his, was, his, was he hoping that, like, they were going to catch Spider-Man and then, or was he always planning on detonating the bomb? Because that doesn't seem like a good villain plan. Right. I, I don't know. That you live well, in. So there's, there's, all, there's multiple endings to this game. And I, don't, I feel like I read somewhere within the, the endings and things like that that, like, he he or it was maybe doc ock or one of the villains that you fight kind of outlines the plan and like why would kingpin want to destroy his own city uh, but like that he had like a plan to leave as it was being destroyed i think and then like would just come back and like take it over after it's been wrecked i think well it's, no i think yeah, it's a terrible was, plan i think the plan was to get spider-man out of the way he was going to have the city turn on him and then not and then save the city himself to be, make himself look like a hero Mm. Yeah. That seems more like the kingpin, right? <laughs> Just setting yeah. off a nuke does not seem like uh, uh, Wilson Fisk's uh, Wilson Fisk, right? That's his name. Yeah, yeah, Wilson yeah. Fisk. Uh, that, that does not seem like a plan Mister Fisk would have come up with, right? Because then you know, then it sets him up as a hero and eliminates his competition, so he can kind of run his criminal enterprise with very little suspicion. That's, and that's, you know what? I think you're right. And so. So the, the the point of the game is you're supposed to go around and defeat members of the Sinister Six and get these keys, these five keys that will allow you to defuse the bomb. Um, and then halfway through the game, you also find out that Mary Jane's been kidnapped by the Kingpin. Um, and so you have to go and rescue her at the end of the game and fight the Kingpin. Um, and I don't want to say, like, each level's themed to the <laughs> Sinister Six, because, like... Some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, but but essentially in this version of the game, you have the same as the originals. You have Doc Ock, Sandman, uh, Lizard, um, Hobgoblin. Hobgoblin, Vulture, Mysterio, and Electro, yeah. and, and Venom. And then they added um, Typhoid Mary and Bullseye at the end for the Sega CD version. Right. And I guess for me, so you have like Electro and his like, I would say his iconic electro costume, his yeah. weird like green with the yellow lightning bolt mask and all that. lightning bolt mask. And, and yeah. um, so like at this time, 93 is when the Sega CD came out, but this was released in 91. Is that typical for the comics? Like, did it match the time frame, the 1991 era with that electro hobgoblin and, and whatnot or no? I, I, I think it's so. I think it's a pretty good because I in my mind I was also I was kind of like oh it's weird that they use Hobgoblin and not Green Goblin but given the time period I think he was a much more well known and a character that they were still using regularly you know like and Venom obviously in the '90s was like the biggest thing ever so it makes sense that he's in there but like a lot of those villains didn't I mean didn't really get different costumes like Electro pretty much had his standard one forever. I did notice though it looked like in this game the Sega CD version Doc Ock had like his classic like green and orange kind of jumpsuit but it looked like in the in the Master System not Master System the Genesis one he had like for a while Dr. Octopus's look was like he wore a suit and like a tie and he had right. his arms and it looked like in the Genesis one he had the suit and tie on so. Hmm. And then so it's it's kind of kind of a platformer like would we no, it is. describe it as that yeah like, it doesn't so. feel it feels clunky as a platformer you get to use your webs and things like that punch guys you have like different spider powers which one of them is like invulnerability or <laughs> invisibility which i don't really understand 
I don't, I don't think he ever had that in the Spider-Man comics. No. Um, nah. And and in the in the I will say it the, the improved version of the Sega CD, um, you had a ton of videos added into this game because yeah. of its power which to me is what makes this one so iconic is the awful voice acting oh, it's oh so bad. and drawings yeah, it's of the characters because you know, straight up no listen the, the art wasn't terrible spider-man's like... face looks like he has it is literally just a skull it's like, <laughs> like, like it's not like wand of gamelon bad but it's also not very good but, but it's still it's not terrible considering what it is. And all of that, all those cutscenes, believe it or not, imagine in the Genesis version, all those cutscenes are text. Yeah. So, so in the Genesis version, there's no FMV. It's all just text boxes for you to read. So all that stuff's there in the Genesis version, but it's just text. I uh, I will say, uh, the, the animation for the cartoon uh, cutscenes isn't great. But I'm so glad that it was cartoons and not FMV. Like, yes. live actors trying to be those characters. Like, that would have been so horrendous. But, Craig, or, or it you kind of, great. Yeah, don't you kind of wish it was, though? No. <laughs> don't you, like, you kind of wish it was, Craig? No. The voice that they decided to go with for Spider-Man in this in those cutscenes is, like, I can't even comprehend, like, their decision the voice that they use for him it's like i i don't i can't even figure it out it's like it's, it's like so a radio weird. play it almost reminds me of the uh uh the the voice of spider-man from uh uh oh what was it amazing spider-man and friends the cartoon from like the uh early 80s yeah kind mm-hmm. of I, I would say it's almost more like the like the spider-man voice from like the 60s show where it's kind of like i mean i don't think it's identical to that but it's just like it's not like a like Peter Parker's supposed to be a youthful guy, and it's not a youthful voice. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 it, it well, reminds me more right. of a Superman kind of transformation, like that heroic hero. Because like even his like Peter Parker voice before he's as Spider Man is completely different right. sounding than when he's in the costume. Well, what I think happened is limited budget. They had to find a voice actor who could do a lot of different voices, and because this guy he did the voice for. Um, most of the male characters in this. And mm-hmm. then the person who did Mary Jane did all of the voices for the female characters. So oh, wow. I wouldn't be surprised if it was just they, they had, had the money yeah. and they had the person who would work for scale and could do a bunch if, of voices. If that. Well, right. you know, let's face it, back in the early 90s, you know, nobody paid any mind to the quality of voice actors in video games. It like wasn't until like the 2000s when we started to get quality voice acting in a video game. Anything before that was just a coincidence. You'd be lucky. Yeah. No, that's true. You're right. And so like plot-wise, I feel like the game is pretty simple. The the fighting again we said was kind of eh movement was kind of amp but it did feel cool to to swing around with the web as spider-man like i thought that felt pretty pretty good in the game that was good um the levels when you're walking around like the city itself and you're walking on the buildings it's not bad when you get into the levels and you're platforming because you can stick to the ceiling and then you do this like flip over the edge that sound effect i played every time oh it's so Uh, bad 
But the flip itself, like actually performing that flip was always relatively difficult because it's a weird combination of like button presses. You you press over and then it's the Genesis. So it doesn't have like a really great directional pad. And then you kind of like move your thumb up so that you kind of flip and then you rotate around. It was just it was awkward to make that motion on the Genesis itself. You know, one thing I did kind of appreciate, I mean, yeah, you're right, kind of some of the gameplay is pretty clunky on this, but I, I kind of appreciated that there were those couple of boss fights where you had like like the Sandman one where it's like, well, you got to get him with like the the fire hydrant to beat him. Or like the Venom fight where it's like you got to get him to the top of the church and ring both the bells. I kind of appreciated that little, you know, like it wasn't all of them were just like punch, dodge, punch. You know, there's a little bit of kind of thought and you know villain specific ways to beat them and, and build yep. into it and the game as we're recalling in our memory and i've watched it but i haven't played it recently was difficult because of how much damage i think bosses dealt in certain stupid rats and the <laughs> repetitiveness of some of the levels but like it didn't it's manageable until you get to the last stage where it goes from like zero to a hundred <laughs> because as you're trying to defuse the bomb and enter in the keys in the correct order, which I can't remember. If you put them in the wrong order, do they just disappear and you have to go get them again? Or do you get them back? Do you guys remember? I never got that far. I don't remember. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure. Well, in the last stage, as you're trying to defuse the bomb, like all the bosses are on screen at yeah. once. <laughs> all, everyone. And you have to like defuse it before they kill you, obviously. Um, and then they flee, I think, once you defuse it. Or you can beat some of them, I think. Um, and then you have to fight Typhoid Mary and Bullseye, and then you get to fight the Kingpin. I about lost my mind. I had no idea that uh, Bullseye and Typhoid Mary were in this game. And then, like, I was watching the playthrough, and I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> they seem like they're kind of glorified, just like they don't really do anything special. No. It's like they, they made them look like them, but they're kind of just, they just walk towards you. What, and, them, so. and is Typhoid Mary popular? At no. that time, she was. Oh, well, she, yeah, I guess at that time she would have been. But, yeah, she I i don't know. I feel like even then she wasn't, like, a super popular villain. Well, she was I, big in Daredevil. I think she's, like, a classic, like, has worked for the Kingpin and stuff right. like that. So I think they were just like, well, Bullseye and Typhoid Mary work for the Kingpin, so we'll throw them in, you know. So right. I always associate Bullseye and Typhoid Mary uh, and even the Kingpin, even though he, st- I'm pretty sure, started with Spider-Man with Daredevil. Uh, yeah. So having Bullseye and Typhoid Mary, it like makes me feel like they like kicked in the door and they were like, Kingpin, we can't fight Daredevil. He's on vacation. And they were just like, well, this is perfect. I have to deal with Spider-Man. Just to go take care of them. Man, I want Craig to star in a, in a Kingpin reboot and have you be the voice of him. I just... I, I- I was gonna say my uh, my voice for Kingpin is just the uh, the big heavy guy from The Simpsons who uh, is the illegal banker who's like, oh crap, I shouldn't have said it was illegal. <laughs> I, I want a remake of this game, but where all the Kingpin lines are done by Vincent D'Onofrio. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, if if that level wasn't hard enough after beating all those bosses, Kingpin like hits like a train, like a like a train. <laughs> Like it just wrecks your health, um, and then you have multiple endings after you beat him. So if you if you beat him, but don't defuse the bomb, well, hold on, let me see. Let me get my ending. No, if right. you if you don't defuse the bomb, you see the bomb explode, the city yep. explodes. 
if you beat him but not fast enough, Mary Jane gets dipped in a vat of acid, which we'll, we'll get on the acid in a moment. Yep. And then if you beat him in a, in a quick enough time, then you get the good ending, which is Mary Jane is saved and the city is saved. Mm-hmm. Or if you yeah. lose, then you both end up dipped in the acid. Yeah, if you right. lose, you both end up dipped in the Oh, and if you get caught by the police, you get thrown in jail. Which, by yeah. the way, when I was watching the playthrough and I was like, why does he keep shooting webs up at, like, Mary Jane? I couldn't figure it out. And then I read it. I was like, oh, if you don't do that, she dies. <laughs> you know? I was like, that's dark. I uh, yeah. I appreciate that in keeping with Spider-Man. They just gotta give you that risk of a girlfriend dying. Or in this case, wife dying. Yeah. Right, yeah, wife. And, and in the, okay, the vat of acid. I don't... <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. I just don't understand why, why, why if Adam it? it. Yes. Well, yeah, it doesn't I mean, really. Once again, doesn't strike me as a Mister Fisk plan. No, I, I expect like a Spider Slayer to be like ready to eat them or kill them with a laser or something. I just, I, I just want to mention like a couple things real quick about some of the villains you fight in this. Okay, not the bosses, just a. One of the one of the thugs that runs around, I, I don't know if anyone like maybe this is on purpose, but I feel like he's dressed identical to the burglar that kills Uncle Ben yes. in the comics. Like he's, oh, got, yeah. like he's got like the same green hat and like yep. jacket and like that's like just one of the thugs that's throughout the game. And I'm like, that's weird. It's also weird when you're in Central Park and you randomly have to fight a gorilla that just like drops out of the trees. <laughs> yeah. That is so strange. Um and also, I thought it's weird in that Kingpin level where, like, I, and, and LPJ will appreciate it. It looks like there's Ed 209s, like, walking yes, around yeah. the level, yeah. level that you had to fight. And I'm like, the bad guy robot from Robocop. It looks like, yeah. Yeah, the one that can't go downstairs. But also, like, I, I very, I forgot how many animals you just had to fight in this game. You're constantly, like, <laughs> kicking rats and bats and stuff. I'm like, dogs. Yo, dogs! Yeah, that's right. There's German shepherds and got and people on skateboards too. <laughs> I like those levels where J. Jonah Jameson's just walking around yelling at you on the ground. He's like, <laughs> Do you suppose that uh 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 the only reason Venom was involved, he was like we want to kill Spider-Man. And Kingpin was like, get the heck out of here. You're a creep. Get lost. And he's like, we know what'll really get in his head. Have all your thugs dress like this. And it was like, <laughs> all right, sure, you're in. Uh, is like that how the Venom got in, you know? Probably, probably. Maybe. Because Venom uh. would have been the only villain who would know, have any memories connected with Peter Parker because of the symbiote, right? That's true. Yeah. He... He, he was aware uh, of his identity. Uh, so maybe, yeah, that, that'd be a, a very good uh, a mind trick to dress them like the burglar just to, like, throw them <laughs> off his game. Yeah. Or, or Kingpin like was, was part of it from the beginning. Oh. Ooh, plot twist. New, new, new storyline for 2021. Then again, <laughs> I you know, they, they don't know his identity necessarily, but technically... I mean, Peter Parker does have a big connection with a lot of his villains, right? Doc Ock, Kurt Connor is the lizard. And uh, Mary Jane was kidnapped. So I'm presuming Kingpin might have an idea of their relationship. 
Right. Well, I, I think there is, I think it's implied that Venom is the one that kidnaps her because they're like, I'm mm. a, a man looking like Spider-Man or they because they make you think it's like Spider-Man. Is that weird cut scene where he's just like, oh, the Kingpin's doing another <laughs> broadcast. And he's just like looking in the window watching the Kingpin. And there's like a news report about how like actress Mary Jane Watson is kidnapped. And but um yeah, I feel like Venom is definitely in this game. It, that's a product of the times because, oh, yeah. I mean, he's still a popular character, but obviously back then. Um, well, I mean, even the cover of the original Genesis one is very reminiscent of of issue 300 uh, cover. Yeah, I'd be curious. To, I, I'm, I'm sure I could figure it out. I didn't before this, but who did the artwork for that Genesis uh, box? Because it does kind of look McFarlane-esque, but I don't mm-hmm. think it is. Yeah, it's probably not him. So, do you get other than it being Spider Man? Did you enjoy the game? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, I mean, that's I, a bad sign. I, I think that's a hard question to ask because, like, I guess if you present me with the gameplay and the mechanics and everything about it, but it's just like it's not Spider Man and it's not the Kingpin and the villains I know. And I don't know if it's a good so, game. So I guess I, I always put Spider-Man games. So before the PlayStation games, I would always compare Spider-Man games to Maximum Carnage. Okay, um, that's fair. That, I think... that, that would include the 32X game, which is awful. Um, <laughs> this game, even the NES, I think there was an NES Spider-Man, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Spider-Man uh, versus one. the Sinister Six, I think it was called. And, and I, there, were, I, there were a couple Spider-Man games. For I, I think this game, Sega CD one, is the closest to being good <laughs> and, and closest to Maximum Carnage for me as far as that, that area of Spider-Man games go. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I will say this. The parts that I remember the most are not the gameplay. Like, <laughs> the parts I remember the most are collecting the comics and the incredible soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pinball game. The little yeah, the pinball, pinball game. I, I remember the pinball a lot. Right. But the majority of this game, I remember it being very, very difficult. Especially, you know, being a 13-year-old kid, you know, when this game came out trying to play it and get through it and knowing there's other games out there that I enjoy playing better. Like sticking with this game is very difficult to do. Um, but you know, it's not terrible, but again, if it wasn't a Spider-Man game, I don't know if, it, if I would play it more than once. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I mean, I, I, I kind of appreciate this is going to sound weird, but somewhat of the ambition of this game yeah. Um, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Maximum Carnage, and it's a it's an iconic game for me. But that game is basically walking in a straight line, and like it's doing the same. This one at least tries to do some different things. Whether it succeeds, that's a different story. But I, <laughs> I, I, I like that it kind of has the open world, and you know, like it's not it is repetitive, but it's not. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know if this is not a Spider Man game if it, if it's anything. <laughs> Uh, Chops, uh, do you happen to have any speedrun info or anything like that that you're uh, interested in bringing up? <laughs> yeah, it's sad because it, the speedrun for this, you might as well just play the Sega version because they just skip all the cutscenes, which I think is what cuts most of the time out on the run. Um, and there's only one record for this game online. 
uh, there is only a first place person, and it's by HF seven 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 seven, who beat the game in twenty three minutes and eleven seconds eleven months ago. I... The first the first record for the Sega CD version have been less than a year ago. Huh. Huh. Yeah. Sounds like you have a new chore. <laughs> <laughs> it's not happening. I hope it's that when you happening. register your uh, name, Chops, it'll be HF77777878. <laughs> no, I, already, I already registered it uh, on there or something else, so uh, uh, too late now. Hindsight's uh, 2020. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's the speedrun. I didn't see any really any glitches it was mostly just run past enemies um like figure out the pattern for a boss so you can just like keep hitting them uh so they don't ever hit you and then um just the correct inputs for the keys which like i couldn't figure out what they were doing but there's like a a light that flashes on the bomb that goes extremely fast and it tells you the order of which to put the keys in but like I don't know when it starts to order, so, <laughs> so I don't know if I couldn't tell if they were like putting it in. So they get the pause to go to the the inventory, and it looked like they were pausing when the bomb light went to a specific color and then put that key in for that color. But it's going so fast they had to like pause, unpause, pause, unpause <laughs> really quick as like all the bosses are like <laughs> closing in. <laughs> Wow. It is stupid. <laughs> oh. Uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's it's not an interesting speedrun, honestly, because all the cutscenes are taken out. Man. Uh, you should uh, do your own run and just make it the uh, cutscene run. <laughs> so I, I think that there's, in some games that have stuff like this, there is categories that's called a, like uh, uh, all cutscenes or 100% cutscenes. Yeah. And, and, and it is because they watch all the cutscenes. <laughs> that's the one you should go for. Yep. No, that's not going to happen. Aww. But I will say that they, they um, did a smart thing. In order to not play the pinball level, they lost immediately, went to jail, and then just broke out and then continued playing the game <laughs> to completely avoid it. <laughs> That's great. Because <laughs> you get forced into that level. Yeah, and at some point you have to play it, yep. And oh, it sucks. I... Oh, man. All right. But, yeah, that I don't I don't know much else we can say about this game, other than it just makes me want to read Spider-Man comics. <laughs> well, in that case, let's go ahead. Uh, we'll take a brief pause. We'll hear a word from one of our partners, and then we'll jump into the music. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit OldSchoolGamer.com and subscribe now. Whoa, all right, so the music to me is probably one of the most interesting parts about this. So it was composed by Spencer Nilsson and David Young with some help uh, from Eric Martin of the band Mr. Big. <laughs> uh, so 
Spencer <laughs> Nelson. Tell me a little bit more. Are you going to tell us a bit more about Mr. Big at all? Or we'll, no? Yeah, we'll get into it. Give me okay, some okay. time. Good, good. Yeah, Give me some time. Good. So uh, Spencer Nelson worked on Echo the Dolphin, uh, Jurassic Park, Batman Returns, The Adventures of Batman and Robin. Uh, and both he and David Young worked on the American version of Sonic CD. Nice. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I'm a little iffy on these guys because of the fact that they took a perfectly good soundtrack and went, nah, not American enough, and then just did a new one. Uh, but they have quite a few big games under their belt for the Sega Genesis and the uh, Sega CD. Uh, now, this is the part where I feel like things were a little tricky for me. Uh, Eric Martin is from the band Mr. Big, uh, who were... You know, pretty moderately famous in the West for uh, hits like To Be With You and Just Take My Heart. Uh, but apparently they're surprisingly big in Japan. Uh, are we surprised by that? <laughs> well, I was. Uh, well, kinda. So uh, I never knew why, but Mr. Big did the end credit song for the very first anime run of Helsing. <laughs> and at the time I was like I was like why the heck is Mr. Big doing this end credit like the song is amazing the song Shine uh it's so good but I had no idea why it was in the the end credits of an anime and yeah apparently they're pretty big in uh, uh Japan I uh, Now when I was first looking at this I was like oh man Mr. Big did the soundtrack that's awesome but the more and more I started to pick apart, like, you know, different articles online and stuff, I found that apparently uh, Eric Martin mostly just helped with the lyrics to the song Swing Time and didn't actually have as big of a hand in the music, at least according to the credits of the game, as Spencer Nilsson and David Young. That's fine. He it's still he still sings it, and that's good enough for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so before we uh, uh, unveil the the masterpiece of this soundtrack, let's just go ahead and play uh, uh, one of the stage themes here. So this is the uh, uh, the fifth track. They don't do a very good job of letting you know what you know each track is called or anything like that. But this is one of the stage themes. Uh, so let's go ahead and give this a listen.
Yeah, I really do enjoy that. It's, uh, uh, I, I think that an argument can be made for it being sort of like generic rock music. Uh, but I think when yeah. you especially consider the fact that this was a video game soundtrack from 1993, like that's pretty impressive, right? That's good. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the tail end of hair metal. Um, <laughs> and half of that song sounds like it could be in the uh, Transformers, the animated movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why I kind of enjoy it. Uh, that, yeah, that's probably uh, uh, the main part of it, actually. Uh, <laughs> but uh, now, let's go ahead and uh, next listen to everyone's favorite song. This is the like title theme Swing time. Objectively, the song is not great, but subjectively, <laughs> in my heart, I can't not love that song. Well, I mean, one of the lines is "Bring home the bacon." <laughs> no, no, isn't it "Bring on the big guns"? I thought it was "Bring uh, on the big guns." 
it is. It was bring home the bacon. No, it's bring on the big guns, but I also thought bring like, on the bacon. Bring home the bacon. <laughs> bring on the bacon. Yeah, I, I, think, I think I thought it was bring home the bacon too. <laughs> We're split. You know what? We're shouting out to all the fans of the Discord. Bacon or big guns? Let us know. And Spider-Man takes no prisoners as well. Oh, I thought he did. I thought he didn't is, like killing people. Is, is that song about Spider-Man? Well, I mean, like, I think, Maybe it's about like a, I think it's just like a mindset. Like, he doesn't take prisoners. It doesn't, he's not actually going to kill people, but he's like, he's going to get to the root of the problem. He doesn't he's kill people, but he's not going to let them live either. <laughs> Listen, I think that we all know that this is not the anthem of Spider-Man. This is the anthem of Eric Martin from Mr. Big. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Bring it home the bacon or big guns, whatever. <laughs> uh, what I, no what I what? love about it is, and, and you know, on, on LPJ will back me up with this. It sounds like a song that you would hear at the end of like a 80s action movie. Yeah. Like, we've covered a lot on our show where like this end soundtrack song is just like, what? What is this song? Like the one at the end of Commando and stuff? Like, oh, essentially. Yeah. This is essentially like Queen taking out Highlander. Like this is the... yeah. This is like I can so picture like a, a like an '80s Spider-Man movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> like and this is played during the credits. Like yep. that. Oh, 100. I will say, uh, for for as ridiculous as the the lyrics are, and the fact that it feels really out of place in the intro of a Spider-Man <laughs> video game, I. Eric Martin's voice from Mr. Big makes that song so enjoyable. Like he has such a lovely voice that oh, yeah. even though it's so silly, you you just like, oh, this is dumb. And then the more and more you listen, you're just like, yeah. When that yeah. ride symbol comes in, he's just tapping that ride symbol. Oh man, so good. We yeah. we didn't even really get into the guitar solo that much. Nope. <laughs> I, I think the, the greatest revelation I had in preparing for this episode is finding out that the guy that helped write this song also helped write Sonic Boom. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like another, that's another game that LPJ uh-huh. had. I remember exactly zero about, except that the song Sonic Boom was at the beginning. <laughs> and it was like a cartoon sequence of like Sonic running around. It's the greatest Sonic song ever to have existed. It, it probably, yeah, it probably find, is. And to find out that the guy behind that is also the guy behind Swing Time is like, <laughs> all right, that's, that's the greatest thing ever. Oh, man. Yeah, it's this game is so... Uh, unique yeah so unique but also somehow not unique in the least like it, oh, yeah. it, it does a good job of like making spider-man just blend into everything else it I, doesn't uh, make it stand out but then it has those weird pieces that does well uh, yeah and, and, like, and i was kind of like watching this it's like you know what you don't do a lot in this game is like actually swing around and you shoot webs <laughs> and stuff like yeah, that it's a lot of crawling on the ground, so I don't know if they quite Punching understood. Punching rats. Man, yeah. rats. I don't, know they, I don't know if they quite understood, like, Spider-Man's power set and how to best use it in this game. And quicking, kicking from a squat, which yeah. is uh, <laughs> not comfortable in the least. It's, it's hard. That's a hard thing to do. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, I tried a lot. So, guys, let's go ahead and give our final thoughts on uh, the Amazing Spider-Man versus the Kingpin. Uh, how about you go ahead and uh, uh, start us off there, LPJ? Yeah, uh, great game. Everyone should play it. 
just dunk out the game for 45 minutes to an hour and then just, oh, yeah, play it. Objectively, objectively, one of the best games on Sega CD. And believe it or not, I, that's that's real. Uh, yeah, he's actually not lying when he says that. Yeah, that's not that bold of a claim. It's better than <laughs> Sewer Shark and that one that got banned hey. to like, murder people in it. Hey, first of all, Sewer Shark's a great game. Second of all, uh, you're talking about um, uh, the uh, Night Trap, and that actually came back recently and was re-released. Oh. Okay. Yeah, Americans were ready for it now. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they were ready to see uh, Data Plato again. Yeah. Uh, Chops, uh, what are your last thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, you could look up the game, maybe, <laughs> if you're really into Spider-Man. Uh, otherwise, uh, if you're a collector, just buy it because it looks cool. And don't ever open it. Just make sure that jewel case never falls from your hands or it will break into a million pieces. They're very fragile. I uh, The only uh, final thoughts I have is in order to best experience uh, The Amazing Spider-Man versus The Kingpin for Sega CD, I strongly advise buying the entire discography of Mr. Big <laughs> and just sitting back and listening to the, the band Mr. Big and just imagine Spider-Man fighting people to the music. That's, that's yeah. what I recommend. If nothing else, definitely like put swing time into heavy rotation. Uh, I, th- this game will forever have a soft, you know, a spot in my heart just because of all the history. But, you know, yeah, it's not a great game and it's not something you probably need to run out and play. Um, but I don't know. Again, I, I still think that they, they tried for something that was a little different and, and they probably didn't pull it off. But I don't know. Just because I am such a big Spider-Man fan, I, I think I do kind of like it. I appreciate that uh, throughout the episode, at the start, you were like, well, whether they pulled it off or not is, is up to debate. And then this time you're like, they probably didn't pull it off. I feel like at the end of the episode, right as we're closing out, you're just going to be like, okay, guys, they really didn't pull it off. Just right. did not happen. It's not good. Is that what you want to hear from me? Oh, man. I have one last thing. If you're a fan who's listening who submitted your photo for the nightmare run of all the covers from the game when it originally released, please reach out to us. We will interview you on this podcast. Oh, yeah. I will drop what I'm doing, and I will join in with them. If you got that guitar with Mr. Big's signature, you let us know. Maybe we need to check on eBay for it. I did. Uh, I didn't see that specific guitar. Uh, though, uh, guitar signed by, uh, Mr. Big, uh, 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 the, you know, lead vocalist there. Uh, yes, thank you. I uh, go for around $400. Oh, that's not bad. That's not well, bad. Well, here's the issue. Uh, in the contests, uh, list, uh, the, the estimated value of that guitar in the contest in 1993 was one thousand dollars so the value of signed guitars from mr big has plummeted that's true i feel like i feel like there's a true crime uh drama waiting to happen for us to track down the grand prize winner and the second prize winner of that contest that could be its own podcast on its own your audience is going to be like guys you've just been talking about this spider-man game for the last month when are you going to cover a different game <laughs> Cereal's going to pick it up. I know. 
All right, guys, let's go ahead and take a, a jump on over to our Retro Rewind. Ready to go back in time? It's Retro Rewind. Grand Theft Auto 3. Now get into CDI, starting at 299. Say it. Suck it, suck it up! From bikes to trains to video games. The Nintendo Entertainment System. Now you're playing with power. All right, so we are covering November, uh, specifically the 3rd of 1993. Uh, now, I went diving into uh, the Detroit Free Press, which I have access to, uh, and I found uh, a kind of a big story for Detroit, uh, but not necessarily very many other places. Uh, a new mayor was just elected, Dennis Archer. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, previously, we had uh, the uh, uh, Mayor Coleman Young, who, you know, was a little uh, uh, corrupt when, you know, we found out that he was funneling money into uh, armed guards with Uzis and armored cars uh, and things like that. Uh, Just a little corrupt. And the guy who uh, would eventually secede uh, uh, Archer was, you know, Kwame Kilpatrick, who's currently <laughs> serving jail time for, like, tax fraud. Nothing like being sandwiched between two corrupt <laughs> mayors. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's one thing we have to give Dennis Archer, is that uh, he was certainly not corrupt <laughs> when, uh, you know, he, he became mayor uh, with the promise that he would oppose casinos in Detroit. <laughs> yep. uh, and then he turned around and once the casinos essentially gave him money he then went ahead and let casinos come to detroit <laughs> yeah know. but he didn't go to jail so there's that that's yeah, true so. he did not go to jail uh but i just thought that was really funny uh that the guy who was like in the because in the paper i was reading it and i was like wait he's against casinos i was like when did we get like greek town casinos i was like i thought that was around that time, like a little after, right? Yeah, no, he totally just backpedaled and let casinos pop in. Which, you know, I'm not going to say casinos are bad for the city of Detroit or anything. I, I'm not, I'm no authority on that matter. I just think it's really funny that that's how he became mayor was with that promise and then threw that right out the window. <laughs> uh, what did you find for us, uh, though, Chops? Um, so... In 1993, in November, uh, a couple notable game releases. I don't. I didn't look up their exact dates, but it's in the month of November. Yeah. Um, we had Disney's Aladdin for the Genesis. Ooh. Clay Fighter for the Super Nintendo. Nice. Illusion of Gaia for the Super Nintendo. Yes, love it. And and one of the big games that, that falls heavy in my heart, Mega Man Six for the NES. Oh, nice. Yep. One of the last um, releases on the NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a late one. And yep. and one thing that I want to point out on November 23rd that'll be a wonderful segue into what LPJ wants to talk about is that uh, Snoop Dogg debuted his uh, first album on November 23rd. I uh, that now that is a classic. I uh, yeah, I will not say the name of the album. <laughs> You can look it up yourself, youngins. <laughs> LBJ, uh, you looked up music, right? What do you have for us? I have the Billboard Hot 100 from the week of November 6, 1993. Um, anybody want to guess just off the top of your head what number one could have been? It had been on the week, it had been on there already for uh, eight weeks. 
Um, I will give you a hint. The video was a lot more famous than the song, and it was a very cinematic video from an artist making a comeback. Is it Thriller? No. Oh, is it... Uh, I don't know. Is it, uh, is it Meatloaf? Is it yes. I Do Anything for Love? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice! Yeah, well no, done, also, Hovercraft Joe. Well done. Also on this list, a couple... Uh, couple Hover, Hovercraft Joe's big in the trivia game. Yes, a couple big mentions. Uh, River of Dreams by Billy Joel was number eight. Ooh. Uh, Shoop by Salt and Peppa, number 12. Uh, Crying Aerosmith was at number 19. Uh, no Rain from Blind Melon was number 23. And a uh, very special mention, number 39, Wild World by Mr. Big. Yeah! Uh, what about that? Joe, what'd you find for us? Yeah. Uh, I, 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 on our show, we talk about action movies, so so I'm always kind of going into the box office for the years. Um, this is the the top grossing movies of 1993. November's almost at the end of the year, so I'm going to say that this is pretty much, uh, you know, counts. Um, number one, Jurassic Park, obviously big, huge, unstoppable beast. Oh, yeah. Uh, number two, always surprises me, Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> and, uh, is that a action movie? Did you guys cover that? We did not. Uh, we, we, um, no, I was probably the run by fruiting, not considered an action movie. <laughs> mm, that's uh, a shame. So, Jurassic Park is one that we have done, and number three is one that we have covered as well, which is The Fugitive uh, with Harrison Ford. Now, I always like to pull out uh, in these top grossing movies of the year movies we have covered on the show. Uh, we've covered number ten, which is Cliffhanger. Uh, number twenty-six, uh, Last Action Hero with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, one of LPJ's favorite, number 49, Hard Target. Yeah. Um, number 56, Loaded Weapon 1. And one that Chops was on, number 139, Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, great movie. Oh, phenomenal. Yeah, so good. Movie. So good, but so far down on the list. I know. It's a shame. But yeah. you, guys know who's in, you guys know who's in Hard Target, right? Yes. Oh, no. don't, don't Everybody's do favorite uh, action hero, JCVD. Hello, my friends. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm getting so much PTSD <laughs> from JCPP, who imitated JCVD. Oh, God. So many. I feel like there's only like one show left on the uh, network that JCVD has not made an appearance on. Yeah, <laughs> I thought we were safe. I thought we were safe. <laughs> Hello, my friends. Uh, there's no safety from uh, JCPP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I hate it. <laughs> oh, Lord, I hate it. Uh, well, guys, let's go ahead and uh, uh, jump in to uh, one of the, the, the fan favorite parts of the episode, our music bracket. So, first up, in our Mega Man stage theme bracket, we have from Mega Man 3, composed by Yasuaki Fujita and Harumi Fujita, we have the classic theme from Snake Man. Let's give it a listen.
I don't know who decides to build a factory out of robot snakes. Uh, but whoever's pumping in the music for their PA system uh, is doing the Lord's work because that is a phenomenal song. Look, look, if you're a snake man and you don't use the tools at your disposal, then you're just inefficient. Yeah, but don't you think you get sick of it after a while in the snake factory? Like, again with its own? Can we listen to Swing Time just once? (laughs) Oh, man. Going up against Snake Man is uh, from Mega Man 5, composed by Mari Yamaguchi. We have the theme of Napalm Man. Let's go ahead and give this a listen. Another amazing theme. It's it's crazy to think, like, th- listening to those two songs back to back, it just dawned on me how, like, Snake Man is a tune, and I feel like Napalm Man is has, is more of a melody. I was going to bring that up, because you know I, I mean? think, I think, like, Mega Man 2 and 3 have a very distinctive sound, and, like, 4, 5, and 6 have a much more layered music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very different sound. Um, I don't know which one I necessarily like better. I think maybe, you know, I, I bought Mega Man 3 when it came out. Um, so I feel like I'm more connected to 2 and 3 mm-hmm. than I am 4, 5, and 6. But I think they're both good tracks. They yeah. definitely are. Yeah, it's, you know, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, which one did you say uh, Napalm Man was from? Which, which Mega Man game? Mega Man 5. Okay, because I feel like that they were like already starting to run out of names for the robots in that one. It's like, well, it's like flame and fire. Like, I don't know, Napalm Man. <laughs> okay, but no, I. You know what? I was I, this the Snake Man one. I I I'd heard before, like, because three is more in my wheelhouse. But I really like that uh, that Napalm Man theme, that music there. That was that was really uh, catchy. I enjoyed it. It's no, uh, you guys know how I feel about my man, uh, Proto Man's theme, but uh, it's still still good. How do you yep. feel about Needleman? Do you like Needleman? 
Needle Man? Do you like Needle Man? Needle Man? You like Needle Man? <laughs> well, guys, when it comes to voting, uh, everyone has quite a few different options. We have our uh, Facebook account where you can jump on there and we have emoji polls. Uh, we also have our Twitter account. If you follow us there, we have a vote there every week. If you jump on our Discord, if you go to GameZillaMedia.com, there's a link to sign up for the Discord there. Once you're in, uh, there's a, an emoji poll there every week. And then if you give as little as $1 per month uh, to our Patreon, that's uh, Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia, uh, you're going to get access to uh, an additional uh, uh, you know, vote there every week. Uh, but if you give as much as $5 a month, you also get access to the bonus content of The Legend of Retro, as well as Last Action Podcast, LPJ and Hovercraft Joe. That's the show you're on. Let me know what it's about. <laughs> well, we've got the post credit scene. Um, essentially, it's kind of a mixed bag of what we feel like talking about uh, that's not a specific movie. Um, this, past, uh, Jan- this past December... We talked about, uh, we did a list. Sphinx brought this list to us, and it was a it was a terrible list that none of us liked. And, <laughs> and we talked about it, and uh, it was uh, it was high entertainment. Uh, but mm. we've done plenty of other things as well. We ranked the Star Wars movies. We talked about, you know, our favorite action movies. What we think an action movie should be. I took uh, you to I took you to Action Court over the you Thomas took J. Action Court. How'd that go for you? I I apparently lost Action Court, but I I, 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 I am I'm filing I'm filing the papers to take you to court again. So I just think I need a better jury than than Jody. So <laughs> yeah, I'd say that's a bad choice on your part there. I uh, guys, uh, if you can lay it on the listeners in case they're unfamiliar with what the Last Action Podcast is, drop it on them, Hovercraft Joe. Yeah, uh, I mean that's uh, LPJ and I in the Sphinx. Uh, we co- we new episodes come out every Monday, uh, and, and it's kind of like it sounds. We just talk about action movies. We have a very wide definition of what kind of constitutes an action movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, so we cover a lot of things. Uh, we're we're kind of just launching a new uh, initiative for the new year for 2021. We're calling it our uh, Year of the Sequel. Uh, so we're kind of digging in and doing a bunch of sequels, not exclusively, but we're covering a lot of sequels for movies that we've done the first part of and haven't kind of looked into this. Like we're going to, you know, Die Hard 2, we're going to do Lethal Weapon 2, all the kind of the classics. Um, you know, and uh, Chops has been on the show a bunch. Uh, some of my favorite episodes, because it's either a movie I love or a movie he personally picked to drive Sphinx crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and obviously Craig has been on. He's one of our Bond boys, so he's always on the Bond episode. So, um yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of, kind of, kind of it. I mean, I don't, I don't know, LPJ, if I missed anything. No, that's it. I mean, yeah, n- nine times out of ten, it's going to be a classic movie, a completely ridiculous movie, or a movie we picked uh, because uh, it'll make Sphinx mad. <laughs> Those are my so favorite. Which, uh, which of the Highlander sequels would you rather do? <laughs> oh, if I was to pick one. Yeah. Uh, Endgame or Final Dimension, either one of those okay. two. All right. Not the second. Good. Yeah, Highlander two, no dice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we get the director's cut, that's different. Because yeah. you know. That makes more sense. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear about the Highlanders being from a from a strange planet. 
and right. being aliens. That's a, that's a whole, whole other thing. What is that? Dragon Ball stuff? Superman stuff? <laughs> it's crazy. It's a bunch of craziness. That's what it is. Well, guys, uh, we've talked a whole heck of a lot about Spider-Man, and uh, uh, I think it's about time that we go ahead and uh, slink off into the shadows of New York. Uh, so we'll see y'all next time when, when the, the legend, legend continues. continues.